here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. to Wrestling Omakase, episode number 68, and I'm here with the two most prolific guests in Omakase history for the first time on the same episode, Jesse and Taylor. It's finally happening. It's Omakase history. Hello. (laughs) What's up? I'm a little disappointed you didn't wait till next episode. Then it would have been nice. No, that is true. It would have been the 69th episode. Well, actually, you know what? The... The 69th episode is kind of a meme episode anyway, which I did not do on purpose, which I'll, we'll talk about that at the end. But there, I think it works for 69. But Jesse, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thank God Peter Pan was a good show. Would have been really... Good. Thank God the right person won the main event, or otherwise <laughs> this podcast would not have gone to... <laughs> Didn't you say it was going to be like 
two hours of you complaining or crying or something. I'd say, I'd say fuck if like for two hours straight. Okay. I couldn't remember what exactly the threat was. I remember it was like, it was going to be something disruptive. So that's good. You would have had to edit this podcast like DDT had to edit the VOD. <laughs> it's still not up yet, right? Uh, I know it's up on Amoeba TV. But I don't know if it's up on Universe yet. Yeah, I, I still had people complaining to me earlier. And I've been, you know, I don't know if I should get myself in trouble. Let's say what I've been doing. But <laughs> people on DDT listen to this, I guess. But, or Mr. Haku, at least. Hello, Mr. Haku. But yes, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll check, check right, right now. I'm going to here. check right now to okay. see if it's up. Well, I watched the live, so it wasn't a problem for me. I, yeah, I watched it on Samurai, so I didn't have a problem either. Um but yeah, but, say, hey, Taylor, you hi. had a problem. <laughs> I had a problem. I spent all of Sunday in a panic. <laughs> I remember. Because <laughs> um, I actually convinced friends to come over and watch it. And then, of course, it wasn't up. And I figured, of course, the one show I've gotten people to come over is the show that they're going to appear. And I'm going to say, we don't have anything to watch. By the way, the answer is no. It does not appear to be up. Yeah. <laughs> We're here on Wednesday recording this Wednesday night, but they they really needed a lot of time to edit something out, I guess, and we'll talk about what. But, um, but yeah, but you did eventually watch the show, Taylor. Otherwise, I guess you wouldn't be here. I did watch the show. Yeah, I watched it on Sunday um, yeah. through non-universe means. <laughs> yes, non-universe <laughs> means. Now, the, we would never support doing that. Yeah, never. I mean. We all have, I think we all have universe subs, but whatever. It's cool. Um, Taylor, I, I mean, I just love the, the Samurai broadcast is just, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing blocked. So what am I going to do? I want to watch it on there. Same thing with like all Japan. I subscribe to their thing, but I just want to hear the theme music. So <laughs> I end up watching their shows on Samurai and Gaera. Um, but yeah, so this is a, it was a cool show. I think we're. I think I'm sure all three of us liked it. I just don't know to what degree. I guess, unless Taylor like, you, unless you fucking hated it. I guess you'll let us know if you did. But no, I liked it. I would be pretty surprised. I was gonna say. Uh, I assume this review is far more positive than the one that's going to be on the Voice of the Wrestling flagship tomorrow, <laughs> based on what I already know. But that's what we're here for, folks. We're like, in- there's no pan to hate allowed on this podcast. No, absolutely not. And we're a we're an intellectual counterweight to the voice of the wrestling flagship but you know it's i'm sure there's stuff they like to i guess we'll hear all about it uh you can listen to both and see whose opinions matches your own more closely but uh peter pan that's why we're here ddt's either first or second biggest show of the year depending on who you ask i didn't even did you guys know that judgment was in cork and hall like as recently as like two years ago i did not realize it was they that recent the whatever place i forgot what it was as part of like the 20th anniversary and then this year they brought it to sumo hall and next year is going to be in sumo hall but they're running two shows they're doing like the muscle show and then they're doing judgment which i cannot wait for the muscle show actually but it's gonna be something um but yeah so people do you want to explain what muscle is real quick for people since i'm sure people listening probably have no clue I don't really have a clue. I assume it's like just a play off of the Hustle brand, and it's just Super Sasadango machines. Well, yeah. not technically not Super Sasadango machine. Yeah, I'm Sasadango. Yes. yeah. Because I, I I saw the I don't know if I saw the entire show, but I saw his retirement ceremony, and yeah, I guess it was like 
it was a weird like I don't know if you could even call it a parody because you can't really parody hustle. I mean, it's hustle is what it is anyway. It's just kind of like a like a weird reference to hustle almost. But, but yes, yeah, expect some weirdness, folks. Basically, for the muscle, the muscle show. Like it'll probably be two shows worth. If you don't like pandas, don't watch that show. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. I think in a way it might work out for people where like the muscle show will probably comedy and the the DT show will probably end up being a little more serious than your typical major DT show. So maybe if you like the wrestling in DT, but you're not, you know, these only people that don't like the comedy in DT, which I know is a trope, but those people those people do exist. That might that split might not end up working out for you. Um but yes, yeah, so in the meantime, now we're here to talk about Peter Pan, which is a cool show at Ryugoku. Usually takes place in the summer, but because of the renovations of Sumo Hall, the same ones that knocked New Japan out and moved Ryugoku, Ryugoku Tan from Big Japan to, uh, what is it, like, a, it's like November 10th, I think, or something? It's, I know it's coming uh, up. The 11th? So yeah, it was very close. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, so that moved your Goku Tan out of the summer too. So like, yeah, all those went the same thing basically. Moved Peter Pan back to October. Uh, the show took place this past Sunday, October twenty first. A super no vacancy full house, which for DDT with their setup is about you know six thousand two hundred fifty nine fans. Um, not surprising the show sold out. I was it was doing really well. I remember that weeks ago. Um, some people who don't really like, I guess, follow DDT closely or know you know, what the setup is. We're like basically surprised that number was a sellout. But if you just look at the screen, I mean, there's a giant stage there. That's not there. Yeah, I was going to say they have a, huge, <laughs> a much bigger stage setup than I think the new Japan does. Well, new Japan doesn't have a stage big, at all. Yeah. Yeah. They put up a big curtain and they have a big full out stage and stuff. Yeah. I mean, new Japan sells there. I think a sellout in the new Japan setup is like, well, like ten five or something. And that's like with no stage, just for people coming through the the little entryways. So obviously you you take a lot of seats out, and then I think the sumo boxes are two per box for DDT. Which mm-hmm. is another, the other reason why with New Japan it's four per box. So for the big shows anyway, some shows like G One, the first two nights are two per box, and the last night is four per box. So that explains the discrepancy. It is a legitimate sellout, folks. It's just two per box and. The giant stage setup that's really what what's causing less people but um but yeah this show opened up with the time difference battle royal over here shimatani uh last eliminating gorgeous matsuno in 1326 where they reverse cradle um a lot of the guys in this match are going to be on the upcoming all doing show which is like a, a big like indie um I don't know what they call it, like Indie Summit, I guess you could say, right? Like yeah. Um, that show's taking place November 9th at Shinkiba. Just like Tiger Mask 5 is on that show. Uh, sorry, Tiger Mask 5 self-proclaimed, I should say. Uh, Monster Halloween is on that show. Tons of other people. Um, but yeah, so this was, uh, you know, this started out with uh, Shimatani against Imanari, who's like, um, he's basically the video guy for DDT. And also wrestles in, um, wrestles in Gumpa- in Gambare. What do you guys think of Imanari? I feel like he's suddenly popular for some reason. He's kind of always been popular because he's yeah. the video guy for DDT. Like anytime you watch like a YouTube video, he's the guy there that's recording it. 
And if right. you've seen the hand cam videos that DDT puts out, he's the guy that's recording all that. So he's pretty well known to the more hardcore DDT fans. Yeah. And, and then he does like wacky stuff too on the side. And he's Kenoka's best friend. So kind of all goes together. I'm not really surprised that he's very popular. Yeah. And then I did just, that I mean, video show earlier that was just the video guys. One, I don't remember when that was, but they had a whole show that was just the DDT videographers. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. But I just mean, like, it feels like he's at a high of his popularity, I guess is the better. Well, Oka kind of disappeared from Gunbari for a little bit. Yeah. And Imanori became the figurehead. Right. For anyone um, that actually bothers to follow <laughs> Gunbari, it, uh-huh. it can be a little difficult. Uh, that's I mean, not a, one of the things that even Mr. Haku gets into. I don't blame him either. Yeah, Mr. Haku doesn't really give you a lot of support on Galvari, which, like you said, can't really you can understand. I mean, I'm gonna have to start watching it now, I guess, because you know, I would I would occasionally turn on a show, but now, like, you know, Ishii is one of my favorite dudes, and he's gonna be in Galvari a lot now, apparently. Yeah, Kenoka got like in shape too. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to, like, have good matches now or something. It's very strange. But I guess I'm going to check it out more. There is a Hideki Suzuki versus Iwasaki match that happened recently. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, I'm sure that was really good. Um, but, yeah, so here we had Shimitani and Minari starting out. Um, Shota, like, ran out, and that's apparently one of uh, Imanari's allies. She also works as a crew member for DDT. Yeah. So Shimatani fought them both off, and then Tiger Mask 5 self-proclaimed came in, which, if you don't know who that is, it's basically a big fat guy doing, like, all the Tiger Mask signature spots, and it's pretty fucking funny, actually. So, I don't know, I, I enjoy Tiger Mask 5. Um, Michael Wolf came in? I, I don't even know who the fuck that is. is that so, some... he's a student of um, Michael Elgin's, I think. Oh, goody. Yeah, I had saw on Twitter that he teamed with the other guy that had came in. I can't remember his name at the moment. And he was in the camp match. He was really good in that. And he got pretty popular with the DDD fans, actually, out of all the people that kind of hooked up with Irie in Renegades. I can't remember his name. He had the beard. Uh, Davidson? Yes. They teamed together. And I think they're from, like, Texas or something. They're, like, in a promotion over there. So okay. he, they're from the same promotion. Um, but I, the, the main thing I noted was he had these giant mutton chops that looked funny. So um, then Gundan Hitori came in, but he didn't actually do anything. He just like hung around outside the ring <laughs> doing nothing. And then Monster Halloween came in, who yeah, I think is maybe <laughs> the most popular of the of the uh, what's it called guys? You know the the indie guys. They're so indie, we don't even know who they are. <laughs> Monster, yeah, Monster Halloween has no cage match profile. I'm not surprised, actually. Um, then go to go to Hashi came in. Tiger Mask was the first elimination. Um, Hoshi Tang, Tango came in. He like chokes them to pin Gundam like immediately, and <laughs> Michael Wolf then walks up to him and, and yells in English, "Let's sumo," which <laughs> didn't seem like the best plan. And it didn't go very well for him and Hoshitango like eliminate him like immediately. And then Gorgeous Matsuno came in. Um his elimination on Monster Halloween was really funny. 
I was enter- I was entertained by him like pulling down the ropes and to the top rope and eliminating him. Um, and they all got how she talked with like a mass pin. Matsuno eliminated Shota and Imanari with a double handspring. <laughs> they were just running just to type and or just to read, I mean. And then Shimatani uh, drop kick Gota off the top rope, and that just left him and Matsuno. And Matsuno tried to do like the gorgeous superstar flying armbar, I that guess. That was so funny. <laughs> and he like it just totally failed, and Shimatani like immediately rolled him up to win. So there you go. Shibatani went coast to coast like Shawn Michaels, baby. All right. But what you guys did you guys enjoy this? I, I it was fun for what it was, I thought. It was a nice way to get the all do in people on the show. But I had to tell you I was sweating bullets. Nobu won, and I'm like, if this little shithead wins, what does that mean for the main event? <laughs> um, I liked it. It was funny. Like I said, I was watching with friends. Um it's funny explaining people as they come out to friends when you're just like, Oh, here's a guy. He's has a pumpkin head on (laughs) and he has a chainsaw and that's the whole thing. And like, who's this guy? Oh, he's does the video for DDT and who, you know, who's this guy? Oh, he's, you know, an, an old wrestler. Like it's hard to explain these guys in like a 15 second. Oh, here's who he is. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I liked it. it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had the second dark match, which was the uh, Mina Shirakawa first participation war. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki, Mizuki, and Shoko Nakajima defeated Miyu Yamashita, Yuki Kamifuku, and Mina Shirakawa when Sakazaki pinned Kamifuku with the magical girl splash in 908. Um, yeah, this was... This is basically in my notes here. Just say a little disjointed at times, but still fun. Um, you know, I, I mean, Yuki Yuki is not the greatest in ring wrestler. Um, you know, she can she has that Saki Akai disease sometimes, where she looks like you know, like. But she's not like awful or anything. Um, and I really like the action early on, ending in like the triple dive from the magical kaiju sugar rabbit, which is a great name. Uh, Mina, I thought, you know, again, looked a little rough in spots, but seemed like she was always trying hard. And, you know, maybe hopefully that'll go a long way to having her improve. Obviously, I see, I understand what they see in her, is all I'm going to say. Um, as far as assets. And, you know, Miu was awesome, as she always is. I mean, Miu is, Miu might be my rest of the year, the more I think about it lately. I actually just, like, that maybe sounds insane, and I guess is a little insane, but, like, She's the best ace in wrestling. Her company grew in fan interest, like in Japan, with her on top. And I don't know. There's like no there's only obvious pick to me this year is LA Park. Like there's really no one in New Japan or WWE or anybody. So I, I don't mind voting for Miyu if that's um and Mizuki and Miyu, they just ha- they have really, really good chemistry for whatever reason. I've noticed this a lot when they when they fight each other. So yeah, this was good. I, I enjoyed it. Good opener. Or good, like, second match, I guess I should say. Yeah, I felt the same. Um, I thought Mina was fine. She had some move. I don't even remember what it was now. might have been a suplex or something like that where it was really low. Like, she hit it, but I was like, ooh, that could have gone very poorly. Um, 
but yeah, I thought, I mean, it's a second dark match, so, you know, it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Asset seems to be a common theme of the show. Uh, I guess we'll see more of Mina and see what she does in Tokyo Doshi. I'm kind of more interested in that. I think it's kind of hard to judge her off of a dark match at Peter Pan, and it was her first match. So, you know, just kind of avoid to get these girls on the show. That's usually what they do. Yeah. Um, then the real the real show opener was the KOD six man tag team title match. Uh, Damnation, Soma Takao, Tetsuya Endo, eight defeated Toru Washi, Kazuki Hirata, and Yuki Ueno from uh, Disaster Box. When Endo pinned Hirata with the Shooting Star Press, it was the first defense for Damnation. First of all, Taylor and I should both accept our lashes here, which Jesse rightfully called us out for in the voice wrestling preview. We both forgot about the Soma undefeated streak, the decade of destruction. So. I will, I, will accept, I will accept full responsibility for it. It said Soma Takao is not going to lose his 10-0 streak, Mm-mm. you know, in the case of the title opener. But, uh, yeah, I just totally forgot about that. But, yeah, so this was this, – I thought this was pretty awesome uh, for an 11-minute match especially. You know, the – there was – like, there was a – I, I love that Hirata and Owashi are still together. Like, there was a, a point where – you know, like Sandstorm started and then like Tokyo Go cut it off. And, you know, Hawashi is like very startled and here to coming out and just like pointing at him. Like that almost had me crying in laughter before they even did anything, really. It's just a look on here at Hawashi's face. They have such like amazing comedic chemistry. Um, but yeah, there was like, uh, you know, like the only, the only, obviously, Ueno fell off the top rope on his springboard. Which is unfortunate because that was right in the middle of a really great stretch run too. But other than that, I mean, like, oh yeah, that was the part where Soma Endo. covered it up really nicely. Yeah, Soma did a great job. Soma has been awesome since he joined Damn Nation. Like, he was a guy who I, I sort of liked before that, but like, he's just been so much better since he joined. I don't know that charisma rubbing off on him or what, but um, but yeah. And then at the end, you know, the here at the Endo thing, which has been such a cool since. Like Hirata was doing all these awesome creative counters on Endo, and even got to kick out of the torture rack. Endo finally put him with the shooting star. So yeah, this was really good. And I love Hirata as like you know underdog babyface, and I hope they keep running with him as like a serious wrestler. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed he's not in the tournament. I thought yeah, he me- would be in there. Yeah, me too. But I didn't think this was as good as the Judgment Six Man. I'll say that much. No, I agree. But it was still a really fun match. I like. I didn't think Damnation were going to lose the belts. So, and I think that's kind of a good place for those guys right now. And we're going to get into why a little bit later. And yeah, I, I kind of wonder what they're going to do with Disaster Box though, because you, I understand why you would think they would win this match, but at the same time, now that they haven't, it's like, what do you do with these guys? Yeah, it is an interesting question. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Harada storyline, I mean, obviously the crowd was into it, and I thought it was great. I, You know, I thought it was a super fun match. I thought Endo looked really good. 
Um, he hit at one point, I think, like a Rainmaker Spanish Fly, standing Spanish Fly or something like that. That really looked crazy. Um, but I liked it. I feel the same way about Disaster Box. Interesting. I'm interested to see where they go because I think they do have room for growth, but the question is growing where? Yeah, I guess, I guess it's a question because here obviously has, you know, becoming more serious. Ueno is kind of coming into his own now that he's sort of the youngest member of this group, as opposed to hanging out with all the people kind of of similar station to him. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot they can do with them, but I don't know what they will do with them. So interested to see what happens there. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Endo is a guy uh, we were talking about before. Like, I think if, you know, people are going to peg Takashita to be a big breakout guy for Mania Weekend, and I think he probably will be. But Endo is a guy, like, if he gets enough, if he gets a big enough spot in the DET show and the Super Show, you know, never mind if he gets anything else, like, that is a guy that's going to fucking blow people's minds at Mania Weekend with the stuff he could do. And, you know, it, as much as American indie fans love their flips and they love their, you know, big flashy moves. So, yeah, I mean, he's well, a guy. That, he's yeah. going to turn a lot of heads, I think. And he's got a kind of his his look, too. I think people who see him for the first time, it's sort of a this is a weird way to put this it's a familiar look with like a twist where i think he's obviously very muscular that he could fit somewhere if you turned on you know tv in the u.s if you looked at nxt obviously i don't know if they're even looking at ddt at all but i think you could see someone like him on there even though his personality is not really that kind of fit but so i think people see him and they're drawn because they're like, oh, this guy, he looks cool, but it's sort of something they're familiar with, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's a very, he's a very like, he has a very high-end, like, you know, major league look. Yeah, I think. I don't know, Jesse, what do you think? Do you think Endo's going to have a great weekend, Mania weekend? I mean, he'll probably get really drunk, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, so this was a really cool opener. Um, and the damnation did retain the the six fan tag titles. Uh, match number two, the gauntlet tag match. Oh, Masahiro Takanashi ended up winning it. Uh, it started out with Mike Bailey and Antonio Honda eliminating Mizuki Watase and Jason Kincaid when Bailey pinned Watase with the ultimate weapon. This was it was during this match when you know, and thanks as always to DT English update for. These translations. One of the announcers said something like uh, about Jason Kincaid. Basically, said every single move Jason Kincaid has has a name. So after a while, he just gave up, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, yeah, he said Kincaid has original names for every single movie he has. So I stopped looking them up after a while. <laughs> that was fun. Um, Kincaid, by the way, made that we we need to mention this. He made a Amazing guest appearance as the River God who <laughs> presented Mao with many gifts in Hokkaido, which was like just the fucking image of him in this cast for the friendly ghost, like almost like a fucking muumuu or something, and this cape. 
with Bailey and uh, and Mouse saying they're holding these like stupid looking hammers. Like that is one of the funniest images I've ever seen. Yeah, I really so. hope he sticks around in DDT after <laughs> the area stuff. I think he's showing himself well. <laughs> the easy to give King Kane is great. Are you saying I'm outnumbered? Yes, you're outnumbered two to well, one. Well, I've uh, I've turned a little bit. I okay. I think he's bet. I think he is. Be- I think he is better. I'm still not like. Please get him on all the cards as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, I think if he sticks around with Mao and Speedball doing weird shit like that, it would be a lot better than what he was doing before. Yes, I think it's a better fit. I mean, I was also slightly biased after seeing him for a year in Evolve where he was a weird, serious monk character. Yeah, that, that was sound pretty bad. Very boring. So this is clearly a better fit for him. So I am turning the corner. He's not my favorite wrestler, obviously, but, uh, you know, I'm open to seeing him on on more stuff. I'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see him outside of Renegades because I think that that kind of died in a way that he kind of got stuck to this anchor of this group that made no sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I really liked, I don't know, his weird, like, rolling and tumbling offense. I feel like it works better in DT than it would work almost anywhere. I don't know. Like, just there's something about the last quirk and it really hit me too. It's like, this is the promotion where your offense can be based around, like, kissing. It can be based around, like, you know, all sorts of fucking shit. So I don't, just him being this skinny gymnast, it weirdly works. I don't know if it would work in Evolve or something, you know? But Well, and he is very yeah. like Bailey in that Bailey came in, and I think he was not as good as he is today. And he kind of had a similar, he's undersized. He kind of has wacky offense. You know, he wears, you know, the gear is not top notch. Um, <laughs> sorry to Mike Bailey. Um, <laughs> Big time listener, Mike Bailey. Mike, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you don't know that. Maybe he does listen. That's true. Um, but I mean, Mike Bailey to me, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before when we've talked about DDT. I mean, I would consider Mike Bailey for a most improved kind of category this year because i think he's gotten a lot better in ddt and i could see that happening with jason kincaid if he sticks around yeah i agree i but think yeah, Mike, Mike's been kind of one of the mvps of ddt this year yeah he's awesome um but yeah so the first segment there bailey and honda eliminate with and kincaid then we had tanu musaku toba and keisuke okuda eliminating bailey and honda when Okuda Sibane Honda with the cross arm breaker. Red um, member. <laughs> red member. That's true. Um, Okuda like turned turned the fox on Honda's own partner, which was kind of cool. But um, he like went for a sleeper, but Honda cut counter with the double gone. But it didn't actually work. Uh, Okuda quickly got him in the arm bar. Uh, the fourth team was booing Tomomitsu uh, <laughs> Matsunaga and Michael Nakazawa, and they eliminated Toba and Okuda when Nakazawa pinned Toba with a leg roll cl- clutch in 221. Um, Michael pinned him with like a panty assisted cradle, <laughs> which was very disturbing. And then the fifth team was Kuda, uh, Kudo They beat Matsunaga and Nakazawa when Kudo pinned Nakazawa with a diving double knee drop, only 157. And the final. This, which was actually like 
you know, this, this was like a, as good a six minute match as you're probably going to see. Kudo must beat uh, Kasasa Higuchi and Kota Umeda when Masa pinned Umeda with the Takatonic. 606. I would go three and three quarters just on this segment. Awesome. I, I Maybe mean, it's just me, but like, I, I really love these little six minute thing. Um, just like super hard hitting. And just a really, really great tag sprint there. Uh, I'd like to see Higuchi. Uh, the, rest of the, the, rest of the, the rest of the gauntlet was fine, but this was awesome. Yeah, I'd like to see Higuchi and Umeda become a regular tag team. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be great. These gauntlets are always hard for me to rate on the traditional scale just because I feel like they're so weird and they're multiple matches. And I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, but I always find it weird just because there's kind of the ups and downs of, oh, the next team is coming out and maybe the next team is, you know, two minutes or whatever. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I saw a lot of people when I was going back through timelines and watching people, you know, who who don't normally watch DT watch this show. Like, I saw a lot of complaints about this and how long it was, but, like, I don't know. I think it's a fucking tag gauntlet. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you really like? Were you expecting? Like, I just read those times. They were like two minutes, two minutes, three minutes. It's like you expecting thirty second falls. Like, I don't really understand. But I don't know. I like the tag gauntlet. I thought it was well paced. Actually, I was going to say it was well paced. So I guess I'm on the other end of the spectrum because I thought you know the first match was decent length, and then they got shorter and shorter, and then the last one was a pretty good length and. You know, I thought they were really kind of flew by. I don't know. I guess if you're not used to DET at all, maybe. Like, who else does tag gauntlets? <laughs> I really think people like, maybe uh... expected more of a work rate kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that's instead true. Instead of what these tag gauntlets usually are. Yeah, it's usually like, I mean, you got your work rate segment at the end, and it's usually, it's usually how these go. It's like comedy, 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 and then like a, an actual serious one at the end. I don't see what the problem is, but... <laughs> But anyway, so match number three, Super Joshi Pro Wars 2018. Meiko Satomura and Cassandra Miyagi defeated Saki Akai and Maki Ito when Satomura submitted Ito with an STF in 1107. Um, someone else can start on this one. I've talked a lot, I feel like. What did you think of this, Taylor? I know you're the big Joshi fan on the, of the podcast. I liked it, but it did feel... Uh, it felt sort of... It was... Uh, it was a tag match, but it felt like it was Mako and Ito. Yeah, for sure. Really, you know, it was kind of like clear out, and this is the important part. I mean, I think Cassandra Miyagi's really good. They had that great um, six-person tag match on one of the Manji Manji shows that was like really good with her and Dash and Mako. That was great. Um, but uh, they and I think appropriately kind of faded into the background on this one. And I love the exchanges between um, with Mako and, and Maki Ito. So I enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't, didn't light my world on fire, but you know, I obviously I love Mako. She's great. Um, it was great seeing her after seeing her in the May Young classic setting where she's a little bit dialed back on kind of the, um, badassery aspect of her that I really love. So it was good to see this match and see her, you know, really take it to Ito. Because, like, WWE has a weird habit of making, like, any badass baby face, you know, I mean, they did the same thing to Shinsuke, 
It's like they have to just come and smile all the time. They have to smile and wave. Well, and there's a weird thing in the in the May Young Classic, and it happened in the in the first go round as well that they have a very strange thing, and I don't know if it comes from I don't know if it's some combination of backstage and the wrestlers, or if it's just the wrestlers. But almost every wrestler, you know, they have these interviews and they say, "Oh, when I'm out of the ring, I'm very nice. I'm a very <laughs> nice person, and then I get in the ring." And I change. So, of course, every wrestler comes to the ring. They're smiling. They're happy. Um, and then they, you know, can wrestle. But that's one of those things that kind of, I don't know, it always rubbed me. It's always rubbed me the wrong way as something where it's like, well, you know, women have to be nice outside the ring. <laughs> I know. That's I mean, not that women Joshi, are. I mean, Joshi probably uh, has some of that, too, to be fair. But, like, I feel like there, there's still more of a range, you know. Um, but when when Mako comes out like on this show, you're like, oh, she, yeah, she means serious business. Yeah, on, you know, as on the Mayon Classic, they're like, ah, she's so great. Look, she's so happy to be here to prove uh, what a great wrestler she is. And you're like, okay, well, you know, it's not terrible, but that aspect of her just running over people, you know, dropping knees, strikes, stuff like that. That's why I really like her. So I liked seeing that back in this match. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this match, Jesse? Did you enjoy it? I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a pretty clear setup to the Mako and Ito match that I think they're going to have on January 4th. Yeah. I think that's really the setup. Like, I think Tokyo Joshi views Ito as somebody that doesn't need the title. And so they can put her in all these special matches. Uh, I think sort of when she really started to get popular was last year during the January 4th show when she had that match against Dino. Yeah. It gained a lot of traction on Twitter, and I think that really helped get people into that promotion. And so I think they're going to do something again this year with her in Mako. I would like to see Dash instead of Cassandra. I don't dislike Cassandra or anything, but going back to that six-man match, I thought Dash was the one that presented herself the best in DDT. Mm. But that's just... I mean, Dash was awesome. Know. Five, she was so good in that match. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just saw her on Seedling and she was fucking awesome. So, um, but yeah, so because oh, was it Seedling or was it Ice? I think it was Seedling. Yeah, so Cassandra, she basically at, the, at one point she kept trying to get like Saki to like headbang with her, which she wouldn't do at the start, but like make or um, Maki Ito on the apron was doing it. And then their other big interaction was, of course, Maki Ito has the kawaii call. So Cassandra... <laughs> yeah, the, that was funny. The kawaii call. So and you don't know what that means. It's scary instead of cute. So that was really funny. And the crowd did yell back Cassandra, so that was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, me Miyu on commentary was fun, too. Like, she... You know, obviously I can't understand her that well, but, like, she just seemed en- impressed any time... Maki was able to do literally anything to Mako, which, which was, I thought was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, this was really fun. And right after this, here's where they announced uh, Chigusa Nagaya for the February 17th Sumo Hall show. So there you go. It's a honest to God Joshi legend. And then match number four, all out versus Strong Hearts, special six-man tag team match. T-Hawk, L. Lindemann, and Duin. I still don't know how to fuck to pronounce this. Anyone know how to pronounce the other... The Chinese guy, the Chinese member's name. I mean, um, would it be Duan Ying then? Duan Ying, okay. 
They beat Akito, uh, Shuma Katsumata, and Yuki Ino when Linda Man pinned Ino at the German Suplex in eleven twenty. Um, this was good. You know, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, there wasn't a ton to say about it to me. It's just another really fun match. I mean, they, the teases of Shima and Takashita already were really cool here, where they kept getting involved on the outside and like, you know, especially in the post match, made it clear that like they were gonna really be going at each other later. Um, but yeah, like there was, you know, you know, cleaned house and everybody, which was cool. I just thought T Hawk was awesome in this. You know, T Hawk has been awesome just. And everything I've seen him in since leaving Dragon Gate, which is like just the fucking weight off his shoulders of being their failed ace candidate, has just made him look like the best he's looked in probably since the fucking Penguin run. Like, I can't, I can't think of anything else. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, the Penguin run, I mean, like the, the fake Naoki run. It was Penguin for like one show. But anyway, um, there is a Linda Man of, towards the end started like. You know, throwing German suplexes on Eno. Um, the poor Duan looked like he almost killed himself. <laughs> uh, there's no hands died to the floor because there's no... And then Lindemann used the the delayed German to pin Eno, which is this is really fun. I like this a lot. What do you think, Jesse? I was kind of shocked Strongheart's won. I wasn't expecting it because I really thought Simo was going to win in the semi-main. So yeah, seeing them was... win this, I was like, whoa! And then... I think when you got that impression, you were like, okay, they're going to be sticking around in DDT more. And it was like, yeah, because they bring a different sort of energy to the company. And Damnation are heels, but like everyone likes them. Whereas Strong Cards can come in and actually act like heels. And I think they'll get the reaction that a heel should get. And they just bring a different flavor and style to the promotion. And it freshens things up a bit. So I'm really excited that they're going to be sticking around. And I'm really looking forward to the match Sunday. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, the and... one thing here, the crowd the crowd booed pretty vociferously every time Shima like, interfered or did shit in this match. And, and again, later on when he was being heel. So, like you're saying. And that's not necessarily they, the reaction they... that he gets like in Wrestle 1 or anywhere else that he goes since he's left Dragon Gate. It feels like in DDT, he gets booed. And that's I think that's something unique to the Strong Hearts thing. And it brings a really different dynamic. And I like yeah. it a lot. Also, and I, I hope it they stick maybe, around. Yeah, it sounds like they will. At least through, hopefully at least through February, but hopefully even longer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I did like in the post-match that Eno was just like mad. He was basically like mad that he let someone that small pin him. Which I thought was funny. Uh, what do you think of this one, Taylor? I really liked it. Um, one of those German suplexes that Lindemann threw landed, you know, I think directly on top of his head, um, which looked... Yeah, I think it was the first one. It yeah, I think the good. first one, yeah. It looked it, <laughs> it looked pretty rough. Um, I I agree with everything that's been said, and I said this in the preview. I just think as someone who um, watches a lot, or as much Dragon Gate as I can almost every show. I mean, seeing Lindemann and T-Hawk in this setting is so great just to see them really become the people that I think a lot of people thought they would be, the wrestlers a lot of people thought they would be. Um, And I think just taking them out of the situation of 
they're in Dragon Gate where everyone is trained the same. And even though they're obviously not all the same wrestlers, they have all kind of the same, um, you know, way to put together matches. To their matches. Yes, like when you play yes. a song, it's like the same rhythm. Dragon Gate matches often have the same sort of rhythm. And so everything sort of fades together. But when you take that style of that sort of rhythm of a match to a different promotion, it makes them stand out more. Yes, perfectly, perfectly put. Um, and I also like that they don't have to stand in the ring and, and do 15 minute speeches at the end of every match they have. Um, so that's also good. Or, or, or bring out a kid before every fucking match to, to fucking ring the goddamn bell. <laughs> to say their favorite wrestler is Ika Minjiro. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Obviously, it was a little bit, I thought it was a little bit below the uh, Manji Manji episode. Now that was eight. That was obviously an eight man um, with Shima and Takashida. So, you know, you've got two other great wrestlers in there, but I thought this was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I thought that Manji Manji match was incredible too. I don't, there was a uh, Joe Land was saying he thought it was just a match. And I was very like, I was very confused. I thought it was the best tag match in DDT yeah. this year by yeah, like, I thought it was the best multi-man tag I've seen all year, period. Like, anywhere. So, I don't I don't know. It was very, like... Different strokes for different folks. It's yeah, fine. yeah. No, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, he said it was weird, too, because he was like, everybody else seems to love this match. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was incredible. Um, but, yeah, this was good. not as good as that, like Taylor said, but still really, really good. Then, the next match, the World's Crazy Couple Battle. Uh, Makoto Oishi and Misaki Ohara defeating Joey Ryan and Laura James when Oishi and Ohada pinned Ryan with the sky blue suplex and jackknife combo in 645. Now, Taylor, you should start this out as the world's number one Misaki Ohada fan. Uh, what did you think of her, her turn here in DDT? Well, I said it in the preview that, you know, I went over that I think she's having uh, an incredible year in ring-wise. Obviously, she's retiring um, at the end of this year. So I think she's really going all out in a lot of these matches she has. But I thought that this probably would not, if you had never seen her before and you thought, oh, this will be the match, I'll see how good she is. This is <laughs> not going to, I didn't think it would be that match and it obviously wasn't that match. Yeah. Um, because it's, I mean, with Joey Ryan, you're largely, I mean, maybe not largely, you're all, hundred percent of the time going to get comedy. And I thought it was good comedy. I mean, I thought the four of them worked well together. You know, I like the idea of Ohada and Oishi, um, you know, her, him kind of, you know, doing what she says, you know, she says, you know, look for it or, you know, stuff like that. You, you know, something different as not to have two couples that are like, we're both, you know, madly in love with each other and we're exactly the same. Um, but it was a, it was a Joey Ryan match. I mean, you got people pulling out lollipops and, you know, flipping with dicks and, you know, vaginas and things like that. I mean, the same thing happened well, last Mizaki. year. Mizaki had boo power. She did. Um, so, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. A good comedy match that didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, it was short, and I don't. I didn't think it was bad. What do you think, Jesse? So I'm looking at the time of the match, and it was six minutes and forty five seconds. And I can't believe it was six minutes and forty five seconds. It felt longer than that, but not not in like in a bad way. I thought the match was fine. 
but I'm yeah. just looking at it, I'm like, was that short? Really? Yeah, no, I hear you. It probably did feel a little bit longer. Um, I had never seen Ohada before. I'm not so I mean, I don't really watch a lot of Joshi. So I'd never seen him before, and I thought she was fine. I kind of didn't figure she'd be throwing out all the moves that she people go talk about her. So I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I wonder if Laura James is going to stick around a little bit more. I don't know how long Joy Ryan is on this tour. So I assume they're going to have a couple more matches. Mm. And, uh, He's not in the DL. Yeah. I, well, he wasn't that bad in that tournament, though. No, I don't, I, do, I don't disagree. I thought he was fine. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had SoChem Special Holdings present Will You Eat or Be Eaten? The giant special singles match. Speaking of matches, I can't believe it was this short. Uh, Andresa Giant Panda defeated Super Sauce Dongo Machine with the Andresa Press in 10-25. There will be no Panda Slander on this show, as Jesse said earlier. This was fucking awesome. I, like, adored this match. I really can't say enough good things about it. I mean... Um, again, I have to shout out. I, he always loves my show. Um, at Dirk, you know, he said, so, I think he tweeted something like, um, DDT using all their new, like, you know, all their new cable pit money, I think he called it, on a a matching giant pants, or Sasadango mask panda and Shinya Aoki is like close to a best case scenario and i can't really disagree i mean if you're gonna spend money like yes yeah, spend it on a, a matching giant panda and a fucking shoot fighter it's wonderful i think but, part of the problem that people don't understand is andreza is really popular in japan yeah he's super over like, and it's not just with wrestling i mean he won the fucking rookie of the year last year like he's <laughs> sort of a known figure within japanese media yeah and so i think people wondering well why is this panda on this show i don't understand the match i don't understand what's going on and people don't understand why panda's on ddt i think that welcome to your first day watching ddt i was gonna say this is <laughs> welcome to D- this is like the welcome to ddt match <laughs> and then the next one was like the welcome to ddt here's ddt is the next match yeah after that but i think the powerpoint was really funny because sasadango machine had the trap and he said he uses it to catch aces, and they showed a picture of Ikemen on the screen. Yeah, going back to the judgment match, that was really funny. I, the other really funny joke I liked from the PowerPoint was when he said he like introduced his own giant machine. That was his backup plan, and he noted for promoters that it's cheaper to book because it's from Tokyo that, instead of yeah. Hokkaido. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was the, the trap quickly went did not work because it was the handler that got, that got caught in it instead of uh, the panda. And, and then they did the slow-mo stuff. <laughs> the slow-mo stuff. And then Andreza bladed. Yeah. There was blood. <laughs> there was blood. Oh. Uh, the blood was really funny. Um, but yeah, like the there's the giant panda strike exchange and the lariat before the, the slow-mo. That was awesome. The like the 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 inter, you know, giant the giant panda's like inter story was like he has to win here because of his family and because of his dream to main event WrestleMania. <laughs> Which, I would put him in the main event. <laughs> I would too. Um, but yes, he hit them both the high speed headbutt and pinned him with the Panda Press. Which Sasadango warned that there was no chance he could survive that move, and he was right; he could not survive. But yeah, and then um, but yeah, but basically after the match, Sasadango actually said that he has no doubt 
that the Panda will soon be going to NXT because, of course, William Regal and Triple H were watching on Samurai TV and Abima. So, <laughs> what did you think of the Panda battle, Taylor? I really loved it. I found the imagery of the head continuously deflating and reinflating <laughs> to be very funny. I also have a um, a question which uh, plagued me in the aftermath of the match. Um, We know that the show was edited for um, certain things, definitely in the main event. So the wife and son came out, the wife was in a dress, and the son was wearing pants. So is the implication that Andreza wrestles in the nude? (laughs) I guess so. Wow. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. The I guess son came so. out with the pants falling down, desperately trying to keep the pants on. I thought, oh, if they are wearing clothes, I guess that there's some sort of nudity going on. Here. This show is full of dick and balls and ass and nudity. And no wonder it's still not up on Universe, everybody. Uh, I, yeah, inflations, inflations. <laughs> That's not what they're talking about. If you Google that normal, but just, yeah, this was uh, this is pretty incredible. I love this match. I loved everything about it. Uh, and this is like it, it, it seems cliche to say, it, but this is the kind of shit I love DDT for. So I hope they never change. Um, between this and the next match, they announced the participants in the DO Grand Prix, which they keep telling you is named the DO Grand Prix 2019, taking place in 2018. No um, one knows why. Yeah, no one knows why. why. It's, a, it's a running joke, which is actually really funny. But the wrestlers are Hiroshima, Takashida, Daisuke Sasaki, Tetsuya Endo, Soma Takao, Akito, Kajisada Higuchi, Mao, Masahiro Takanashi, Mike Bailey, and then your four guest stars, Puma King. Maybe I maybe wonder it's like how much does Ryan Satin have to do with this? <laughs> Let me tell he you, he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Pumakin and Daisuke Sasaki are like legitimately best friends. Okay, okay. I just thought I will pull up the tweets. (laughs) Sasaki tweeted in February when Puma King was in Japan for CMLL. Everyone go see Mi Amigo, Puma King. He's great and he's awesome. They just just started drinking together, I guess. And he did. He posted a picture of Puma King without the face paint, but he had the mask on. He said, I'm having drinks with my friend Puma King. (laughs) That that does roll. So They're Sasaki. legit friends. Sasaki was the one that got Puma King in. It went to, it went to bat for him. That's cool. Um, we have Shin, uh, Shinya Aoki, which is... Which is insane. <laughs> that is insane. Shinya Aoki, Jesse, I feel like you're the best person for this. Do you want to introduce Shinya Aoki to the listeners that have no idea who he is? Shinya Aoki is a legit badass MMA fighter. He fights in one championship fighting. He's, I think he's actually a champ over there, and he's going to be doing a pro wrestling tournament. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be challenging for the extreme title first. Like, he's working a full, like, month and a half tournament. I know. His MMA record is 42 and 8, if people are wondering. Just he's this the up. Baka survivor. If, if you have watched Bo, 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 however many Bo's you got thrown there. Uh, you know the song Baka Survivor, and that's his theme song, in case it gets <laughs> muted. 
So you can go on YouTube and play it when he comes out. He's he's won and his he's, last three. Oh, sorry. I was, gonna, I was gonna say he's won his last three fights, all of them this year, in uh, May of 2018, July of 2018, and October 6th. So it's like just a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, he's beat he beats everybody basically. He had two losses in 2017, 2016, but like before that, he had four, five, six, nine wins in a row. So he's won huge Sakuraba fan. He's a huge wrestling fan. Really close with Okuda. Uh, He's really close with Hideki Suzuki. He was part of IGF. Yeah. So this is not like a, a weird environment for him to be in. It's just really weird that he's going to be working this tournament. It's yeah. crazy. And he has a and he has a, like I said a cage match. He doesn't have a cage match profile, but if you look for like if you search for him, you'll find like the IGF. Go on the Sheer Dog website and you'll find everything you need to know about him. He'll yeah. be on there. I mean, it, it fucking owns these coming. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, so that's the second second guest star. Uh, There's also Sammy Guevara, who, unlike Shinaoki, this is not not a guest star I'm a big fan of. But you know, he, he his I thought his DDT little mini run was pretty terrible, including like one of the worst segments of the year with that that fucking Irie. Uh, well, Irie won't be there, so maybe we'll see <laughs> a bit of an improvement. Yeah, I'll give I mean, him not, another, you know, a second looking at. He's very, he's very much a get your shit in guy, which I feel like he's gonna need to like <laughs> be a little less of. But I think was it you, Taylor, pointed out in the in the Slack that so was Mike Bailey when he started. Yeah, I just said that there's a there's a U.S. style, and I feel like a lot of I don't know I don't see a lot of talk about this that there's a U.S. style where these guys are traveling around from town to town essentially some i mean a lot of the time performing for people who've never seen them so they go in the ring they have about 10 moves that they do they do a match where they put the moves in wherever you know they feel like putting them in they go to the finish and they finish and they leave and it's really there's no story and it's just oh here are my you know here are my 10 cool moves that I have and I'm going to do them and you'll go, wow, how impressive. And then I'll go to some other town and I'll do the same 10 moves and I'll, you know, leave that town where it's, I feel like it's a lot easier in Japan to grow as a wrestler because it always feels like you're being pushed in a way where you have to, even the lowest, you know, even the dark match on this show, the dark matches, the opening matches, all have little stories in them. You so rarely see matches that are just here, a bunch of guys to do some moves um, for you to, you go, wow. And mm-hmm. so I think that environment helps people like Bay. It happened with Bailey. I mentioned it could happen with Kincaid. And I think Guevara needs it at this point. Cause I think he's a guy that people for many years have thought he's got a lot of potential but he've, he's hit the wall of, well, I'm pretty content. I'm getting a lot of bookings doing what I'm already doing right now. So I can just do what I'm doing. You know, I don't have to work outside of my comfort zone. And so I think being in a tournament like this where he's got a lot of matches against a lot of really good wrestlers may help to get him to reach some more of that potential i think a lot of people think that he has yeah i totally agree i mean i would say that in ddt they allow you to do the get your shit in matches for a little bit 
And then after a certain point, DD, I think DDT tells these guys, okay, now you have to work our kind of match. And you need to do what we want you to do. And I think that'll be interesting to see with Sammy. I definitely think there'll be some matches where he gets to do whatever he wants. But then I think some of these guys that he'll be in the tournament against are going to tell him, you can get your shit in, but I'm going to get my shit in too. <laughs> so we're going to have to work something out here. Sammy and Shinaoki, baby. That's impossible. <laughs> what is Shin? Sammy's going to be like, I want to do this and this. And Shinaoki's going to be like, I'm just going to punch you. No, he's just going to put him in an arm bar. And he said, he's going to tell him, you better tap out because <laughs> legit arm bars. And I'll break your arm if you don't listen to me. But yeah, so that's, uh, we'll see. We don't know the blocks yet, obviously. But once we hear the blocks, we'll know. He's fighting. Oh, no, the last guy. Go Shiozaki's in this fucking thing. I almost it's forgot funny, about it. these people beat Kota Umeda, who's not in it. Yeah. But, I mean, Go Shiozaki might wrestle Puma King. Go, <laughs> <laughs> he might get Go Shiozaki versus Puma King. It's so funny. So- I don't know many people that like Go and Noah, but like once he gets out of Noah, everyone's like, yeah. yeah Go Shiozaki? Whoa. Good. But, all right. So, match number seven the difference is 27 years of age. Representative director and president, 48 years old, and belonging wrestler, 21 years old. Bloodbath match. Uh, the final settlement weapon rumble. Mao beats and Shio Takagi with the Cannonball 450 through a plastic case on top of a cabinet in 2405. Um, yeah, this rules again. You know, this is pretty classic DDT. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't like I wrote down all the weapons because they were pretty amazing. But first of all, I, like when the match starts, you're like, why does Mao just get to start out with the all the hammers the river god gave him that seems kind of unfair but then the hammer did nothing like the hammers did absolutely nothing like you know he they they offered one to takagi they both threw it down and then he gets this super special hammer takagi does his like hilarious no no and then gets hit with it and it just completely no sells it and like i don't know beats him up which is fucking great um but yeah the first weapon was a dresser which had, like, a bunch of shit in it, basically. Uh, weapon number two was the barbed wire potty <laughs> for Takaki. Um, weapon number three was 100 empty cans for Mal, which we saw him get from the River God. But then weapon number four for Takagi was 100 leftover, unsold, new less <laughs> CDs. Which, like, that was so fucking funny. And I think Mal was like, there's that many? <laughs> so... Um, weapon five was Yao for Mao, and of course, that's fucking Shinsuke Nakamura. And he had this fake US title that, like, was one of those tin cases the Danish buttercream cookies. (laughs) People on Twitter were freaking the fuck out that this thing exists in Japan, apparently, like the Danish cookies. So, so I know they are really good. And then, like, there's a Danish buttercream cookies with, like, red and white, like, fucking, I don't even know, like, streamers or something on the other side. And so, I was like, for people wow. that don't know, any kind of title that Nakamura wins in WWE, Chinsuke makes his own knockoff title. So yeah. he's made everything Nakamura's won, and it's really funny. He's a better Nakamura than Nakamura is at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close, actually. I was going to ask who's having a, in all seriousness, who's having a better year, Chinsuke or Shinsuke? Because I think it's Chinsuke. You you think? You think? <laughs> I, think I think so. <laughs> you think? I yeah, I'd say so. Chinsuke uh, works at one of the places where they have shows. I can't remember if it's First Ring 
or the other place. Shinjuku Face. Yeah. He works at one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then, so Shinsuke, um, you know, uh, he basically, Mao distracts Akagi so Shinsuke can low blow him. Uh, they both tried to do the Bamaye the together, but they tripped over the dresser, which I thought was funny. Um, then we got Kaori from Bed In, which is apparently she makes a lot of appearance at Yoro's show, shows. Yes. So she, which they're going to be having another one soon. Yeah, I, I saw that on the schedule. I was like, whoa. But do you what like what is Bed In? Do you have any idea? Like it's some kind of there, there's another woman in the group, and they're like an idol group, kind of like strip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will just say, if you don't like some of the comedy DDT does, don't watch the the show coming. <laughs> don't watch your rose, what you're saying. Yeah. Don't watch it. I'm okay. I'm just gonna tell you. Don't. Because <laughs> you're not gonna like it. Um then we got the bed for Mao, which is weapon number seven. So Takagi like tried to suplex him on it. Instead, Chinsuke gives him the bomb yay, and he smacks his head on the bed, which goes flying off the stage, which is clearly not planned, because they had to grab the bed and put it back, and hastily put it back together on the stage, because they had to do a spot where Kaori was going to try to uh, have sexual intercourse with Chinsuke, and that resulted in Chinsuke running away and her chasing him off to get rid of them. Um, weapon 8 was 10 plastic cases for Takagi. Uh, There's lots of box breaking that looked very disgusting. Uh, weapon number nine it was the vacuum futon compression bags with vacuum cleaner for Mao. Uh, Takagi got wrapped up in one. So Takagi gets wrapped up in this bag. It looks like this thing could be fatal. But then we all of a sudden forget about it because weapon 10, Takagi's final weapon is Mao's private phone number. His <laughs> legit Takagi, phone number. His legit phone number, which Takagi tells everybody to call. They say he's registered online, which is like a, like a messenger app. App that Japanese people use a lot, so you can send them line messages, and <laughs> so Mal starts getting all these calls. And then the special unannounced weapon is the giant panda again. Um, you know, he he forms an, an alliance with Takagi, headbutts Mal, almost takes himself out. The panda has to retreat because the panda's like deflating and dying. Basically, he's okay though. <laughs> he's okay. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, so. Nakagi like saluted him too. As it was <laughs> so funny, and and was crying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mao and Takagi go back to trading punches in the ring, and then Mao finally pins him with a four fifty on the dresser through the case. Um, but yeah, their afterwards was honestly the best part, where they they both gave long promos about um, which again, D- thank you to DT English for translating, where basically talking about how like. You know, look at the ring around you. That is DDT. Having no regard for the other matches is DDT. You know, saying curse words on a Bema is DDT. <laughs> like all this stuff. And Matt was like, you know, I, I I thought when we basically was like, I thought when we got bought out that you were maybe getting soft or something, but I can see you're still out of your mind. <laughs> it's it pretty great. But and then basically Takagi said that Matt was the maybe the new heir the true heir to the crazy DDT after Kenny and Coda. So yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Uh, I think you had mentioned comparing it to last year's. Um, and I thought last year's was maybe a little bit funnier, but I thought that this one was the better match. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
the the finish of of the 450 through the boxes and on the cabinet looked very painful indeed it did to me <laughs> um so i mean it was still obviously a very funny match t- to me um I mean, Takagi saluting the panda. I I replayed that like five times, like just almost crying with laughter. So that was the panda's head thing. deflating, and them desperately running him off. <laughs> that was the other thing Takagi said. Weird. This is that that this is DDT was ruining the panda. <laughs> yeah, but I I mean I thought it was a really great match. Yeah, what do you think, Jesse? I had noticed a few people on Twitter that don't really watch DDT. They kept going on and on about Mal. Like, who is this guy? And I think that's why Takagi did all this. It's not just crazy DDT. I think Mal is the next sort of breakout superstar for this company. He has everything, and he's willing to do anything. I think that's a part of DDT wrestlers that people sometimes don't understand. And it's why I have... a not that Takashita doesn't do it, but I don't think he's as willing to go so as far as people like Sasaki or Mao or so, a few others in the company. And in DDT, it's really important because this is not a straight-up traditional wrestling company. They do do crazy and wacky stuff. That's part of who they are. And that match was crazy and wacky, and it did have some wrestling in it. And it was really fun. That match is so, to me, that match is like quintessential DDT. That's what DDT is about. That's how I felt about the match. And their post-match promo was kind of led into that too, because Takagi was like, you know, I do all this other stuff, but then I forget this is part of who I am too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this this was an awesome match. Like, just like you're saying, it sums up DDT in a nutshell and I quite enjoyed it. Uh, we had a little mini intermission here because they had to clean up the ring of all this mess. And after that, we had uh, the end of Irie as a DT regular. Peace. Um, his, <laughs> he and Ishii defeated Harashima and Yuki Sakaguchi when Irie pinned Sakaguchi the Beast Bomber in 1450. Uh, this was good. I really, I mean, I thought it was kind of boring for a while, actually, but like there was a really, really fun stretch run, I thought, that. That kind of saved it, um, and it before Iria pinned Yu-Gi-Oh with the Beast Bomber. But I mean, first of all, I, Soma coming out with them, I did not expect. So yeah, I was, was gonna cool. say that was probably to me the best part of the whole match. Yeah, so Soma because just came out. Ishii is also kind of leaving DDT too. That's kind of an underlying thing about this match. They made a big deal about Iria, but Ishii is going to Gunbare on loan, quote unquote. And so the only one left of Team Dream Futures that's still in DDT itself is Soma Takao. Yeah. So, he even said so on Twitter. He put the picture of them together and he's like, yeah, it's going to be like one of the last times they're all together and I'm still the only one left in DDT. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, is she still booked for the next, you know, Cork? It's not like, I don't want people to think like they'll, they'll never see Ishii again if they don't watch Gambari because obviously Gambari people do appear on DDT, you know, plenty of times. But yeah, he's going to be on there less is a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and we don't know what area is gonna. I mean, area, I'm sure will be back. You know, again, this is not a guy 
I don't know. If we follow the pattern of everybody else in Japan, he's going to be in the New Japan uh, tag <laughs> tournament at the end of the year. <laughs> I know. And I think it was, uh, it was what's his name, Jamie, on the Dramatic DDT site who said, I'm going to be really annoyed if he shows up in New Japan as Dramatic. The Shigeru, here he is. The Beast. <laughs> well, no, because they, they keep using part of the promotion's name or tagline for the new guy. Like, no other were born and, um, you know... What Taiji Shimori is the reborn, and then Dragon Gate and Shinko Takagi is the dragon. So people are like dramatic. The dream, and or they the can dream. dress him up like in like polka dots and stuff. <laughs> but we'll see, I guess. Um, but yeah, so this was good. You know, very emotional in the post match, especially Matsui. The ref really could not stop crying, which was you know he's I guess very close to the Dream Futures guys. But yeah, this was good. Just a little slow early on, but definitely had a fun closing stretch. Adam, what did you think of it, Taylor? I thought it was fine. It felt like a it felt like a main event on like one of the small shows that they do, like one of the you know like handheld shows that they put on Universe, where it's like, oh, it was fun, but there's not that much to like. I didn't feel like there was that much to it beyond the farewell which didn't really influence the match i felt so i i thought it i thought it was fine but pretty forgettable for me what do you think jesse i thought the best part of the match was at the end when yukio had his arms out telling irie bring it and then that was the finish Mm -hmm. i liked that and uh i don't know i was talking to some other people and i said I think this summer and all of the stuff with Irie was not very good. And no. I think maybe was the final pin in the coffin for him to decide to leave. I don't know how much of the Renegade stuff and the storylines and everything was Irie's decision or choice to go with, but it just didn't work. Yeah, And I think we talked about this last time that we were on. It sort of felt like ever since he came back, he just didn't even fit in the company anymore. No, I would totally agree. And so, you know, I think they'll miss him as a person. Definitely. I mean, I think we saw that in the post-match. But I don't think they'll miss him so much as a wrestler. And, you know, I wish him all the best. I'm kind of curious to see where he ends up. Uh, You know, is he going to be going to Impact? Is he going to be staying in the States? Is he going to go to NXT? Is he going to work Dragon Gate? I mean, who the hell knows a Dragon Gate anymore? Yeah. They, they bring in anybody now. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I think he'll be in New York for these Mania shows for DDT. I expect him to be there unless he signs right away with somebody else. But uh, yeah, it's kind of sad, though, that Soma is the only one left of that group. Yeah. Just, you know, they were the dream team futures, but it hasn't really worked out for any of them. Yeah. Well, we don't know what someone yet. Someone's never, I don't think someone's quite had that chance. We'll see what happens with him. I don't know. Has Ishii? No, but at the same time, he's so much a work rate guy. Yeah. You no, know, he's like, he's legit one of the best straight up wrestlers in DDT. And so he was never quite. You know, just like I was talking about with Takashita, uh, you kind of have to have that other little craziness about you to sort of es- elevate yourself on the card in DDT. 
And so, yeah. I mean, Ishii had some of my favorite matches in DT over the last three years, so I'm sure he's going to up the work rate in Gambare, but... You know, I think we might see him show up in all Japan and other places a little bit more too. Yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, the I mean that the Takashita match of Korkin last year is like still one of my favorite matches of the year last year. So there's stuff like that. Um but yeah, so this was good match, maybe not great, but I think I liked it more than two of you did, but I thought it was you know, even I thought it was boring until like a really cool stretch run. But then we're gonna get to a semi main that I already know I definitely liked more than one of you and probably liked more than both of you. Uh, Shima defeated Konosuke Takashida with the Meteora in 24-21, the dramatic dream match. Um, I thought it was really interesting that Takashida said during the pre-match that a loss to Shima here to mean DET is weaker than Shima and he can't let that happen, which almost felt like you, you kind of have to win when you say that, don't you? But I guess it made it even more shocking when he lost. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a... You know, the, the first five minutes were probably the weakest part of the match. There wasn't a ton going on, but I assumed at that point we were going a little bit long. Um, and then we started, like, the legwork, which, you know, even came down to Linda Man, like, distracting the ref. So Shima could use a chair on it, wrapped around the post, which drew a lot of boos. Like, the crowd was really upset about that. Um, Takashita's selling, I thought, here, and this is ultimately what I thought, thought put the match over to me as, like, a classic, was just incredible. I mean... There's so many guys who cannot sell this leg anymore. And it almost feels like a lost art. And especially when you watch some of these some of these new Japan matches where they're working around the leg and you know it's either just totally forgotten about in the, after ten minutes or something. And Takashita just like this entire match, you know, t- down to like not having as much behind his elbows because he can't plant the leg correctly. You know, he just like everything he did here was, you know, even when he had a dive or something, he would go back to holding the leg immediately. And, you know, just very, very, very high level here. And, you know, there was, like, uh, a cool little crowd brawl that led to Shima giving him a knee crush on the ramp and a dragon screw off the ramp to the floor, which looked really good. And Shima, you know, he's, like, in full heel mode here. He tries to take the cheap count out win. Uh, but Takashi just basically gets back in before 20. So Shima, like, just is waiting, though. Use a double knee attack. Perfect driver goes right back to the leg. Um, Takashita makes sure he gets like a comeback. He makes sure he uses his other leg for the knee attacks and such, which again, people do not always do anymore. Um, he uses like some kind of like this crazy drop from the ropes into like from the fire fireman's carry position onto the top rope. That looked really cool. Um, and then he couldn't keep the bridge on the German suplex because of the leg. Um, Shiva had taken the turnbuckle pad off like a million years ago before this. And I ended up, you know, as this wily heel move playing back into it here where he like used a, a counter of the cross arm German, just like sending him face first in the exposed buckle and use the meteor for a two count. Use a swine, two more meteoras, one to the back, one to the front. And Takashita still kicked out, which I thought was pretty great. You know, I guess they're, they're pushing the super Takashita thing. Um, crossfire gets another two count. And then, what I thought made the match at the end was when Takashita is trying to get up, but he the fucking leg gives out on him. He falls to the ground, grabs the leg again, so plays directly in the finish, and Shima hits the final Meteora, and that kept him down for the pin. So yeah, I went four and three quarters on this, which I think is higher than almost anybody, but I love the story they told. I thought Takashita's ceiling was incredible. I thought Shima was a fucking awesome heel here. And, you know, I'm sure they, they definitely saved a lot for the eventual, like, all-out super fast match they're probably going to do. 
at some point, but I thought this was awesome. Uh, Jesse, what do you think? I, I know you were lower on it than I was. But... I'll preface this by saying it was five o'clock in the morning when I watched <laughs> this. Uh, I wanted the more fast-paced DDT sprint match, and so sitting there watching a twenty-four minute match, I was like, mm, "Are you kidding me?" And I think the thing that soured me the most was Takashita kicking out of everything. It, mm. I, I was having horrific flashbacks to the Indo and Takashina match. <laughs> I was like getting shell shocked. I'm like, oh my god, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like Super Takashita. I don't like Super anybody. I think when you like do a finisher like twice, that should be the it. It should be the end. I don't like finisher spams at all. It's not something I like in wrestling. So when they were doing it in this match, I was like, Ugh. I thought I worked here for the drama, but I I understand why you would think that. But I will say I thought Shima, Sima, whatever, you know, I'm I can't say these names. So uh I thought he was incredible in this match. He's just been incredible ever I think he's been incredible ever since he left Dragon Gate. He's kind yeah. of gone back to more of that heel role that he had. Did you and- clearly Clearly enjoys a lot more. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I just thought he was he was incredible in this match, and I was a little disappointed that none of the Strongheart guys were announced for the tournament. I kind of really wanted them to be in there, yeah, because I want to see Sema in the winner of the main event in yeah. a title match. I do, I would like to see that as well. Uh, Taylor, what did you think? Well, I guess I was uh, in the middle. I guess from hearing that, I thought it was really good. Um, I don't think I thought it was as good as you, John. I was probably like four point two five, maybe four and a half, um, like low four and a half. I really liked it. I don't really have any complaints. It's not that I thought it was, you know, a bad match by any stretch. It did feel like a match where it ended and you go, oh. They either should or they definitely will have another match down the line that will probably build on this one. So they might have left some things on the table um, in terms of ways to work the match and in terms of, you know, a leg match versus a big all-out throwing bombs type of match, I think could still be down the road. Um, But I really liked it. I liked a lot of the leg work like you did, John. Um, the dragon screw off the ramp looked crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really, I thought it was a really great match. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, I mean, if you're four and a half, we're not that far off or anything anyway. So, you know, I'm not, I don't, I didn't, I didn't say the match was terrible. I didn't think it was a, a crappy match. I didn't think it was the worst match on the card or anything like that. Yeah. I would say it was a good match. I wouldn't say I don't do star ratings. So yeah, that's okay. I wouldn't say it's like one of the best matches I've seen this year. I'd say it's like it was yeah, good. I put, it, I put it right on the bottom of my top ten. I think I have it like eighth or seventh or something. So but yeah, I thought it was really good. The KOD Openweight Title Match, the main event: Don Shokudino against Daisuke Sasaki. Um, this is what I'm sure is going to. Um, <laughs> divide the maybe divide the podcast i'm sure divided the people watching it um i like this a lot i didn't like it wasn't like a match of the year level match or anything to me but i really did enjoy it a lot by the end and 
you know, I thought like as far as spectacle, it was, you know, obviously the entrance stuff was really good, you know, with, uh, if Saki coming out with his, his king of the king of losers throne and the rest of damnation, you had, you know, Don Shokudina with the casket that turned out to just have that picture of Sasaki in it, which I thought was really funny. Um, but yeah, then you had, you know, I, I just also really loved they just straight up used Undertaker's theme song. That was really fucking funny. But I'm sure that was muted on, on Universe, right? We wouldn't know. Oh, because oh, the live one, they wouldn't have muted it? They didn't mute it on the oh, live oh, one. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, Samurai obviously never mutes anything. But um, but yeah, so, you know, then we had the, you know, basically, <laughs> I'm trying to think what I was trying to say here. Basically, like, Dino, Dino, like, his judgment, like coming down to the ring, which I, I always think is funny given the gimmick, what the gimmick is, which is supposed to be like, you know, him forcing himself on dudes. His judgment when he comes down to the ring at figuring out which guys are playing at not wanting to be kissed and which guys, like, which fans absolutely, like, do not 100% do not want to be kissed is actually really good, I feel like. I don't know why I know that here, but I guess maybe just in, in general, like, I don't know. He just he's really good at figuring that out, I feel like. There's some guys you can tell like he's just like, okay, this person is not gonna <laughs> just, does not want me anywhere near them and just keeps walking. Um But yeah, so Dino, he he went for the whole story of this match going in, which I think and this is ultimately why I thought it it worked, was that it had this internal story. It, and they built this up going in was that Dino's offense does not work on Daisuke Sasaki. He has a magical power to resist it. Um, didn't he say just because he doesn't get erections or something? Wasn't that what he said? Yes. Um, but yeah, so Dino tries to do the nightmare early on, you know, he loads himself down. It doesn't work at all, so Zaki just gets right up. Um, Dino tries to help hold his hands in the apron to go for the nightmare, but Zaki just escapes again and hits like a neckbreaker over the top rope. Um, about the 10 minute mark, Zaki's no selling of the dick grab finally gave out. Which, and Dino finally got the nightmare on the third try, which I thought that was good because I was worried in the build, of this, in the way this match was structured, that it was going to be like Suzaki kept no selling and no selling and no selling, and Dino was finally going to get the hit the hit something and it would finally work and he would win. Um, you know, but Dino, he does many, many thrusts. He goes for he has Suzaki dizzy, but Suzaki still managed to escape the Dashoku driver. And folks, here is where we got weird. Because Don Chocodino, if you're wondering why this show is not up on DET Universe, got fucking naked for an armbar here. Like, honest to guard naked. And, you know, the camera was trying to cut away a well, lot. For a triangle choke. For the, tri- the armbar there, I think where he started getting naked was the armbar. And then, yeah, into the triangle choke is where he got, like, completely naked. Um, but, yeah, so, like, <laughs> Sasaki started stripping, too, to, like, some black underwear or something. And Matsui made him pull his yeah, fish And he made so Matsui made him pull his pants up like immediately. I thought it was really funny. Um But yeah, and this is where basically we saw way more of Don Shokudino than maybe you ever wanted to see. Um there was definitely one moment where you could see his so people said you could see like his entire like dick and balls and everything. I never saw the dick. I just saw the balls at one point, I feel like. But you you got lucky, Jesse. You missed all of it, apparently. I was having like meat sweats. I was like <laughs> losing my mind watching this match. I wanted to suck me to win so bad that I wasn't paying attention to Dino's dick. 
<laughs> Taylor, did you see Dino's dick? So I didn't see it, but there was another show on Universe. It was some small show um, where he got he did the same thing. He got naked, and I think I saw it there. So I think there was just like, oh, it's g- g- happening again. Uh, already seen it. Uh, I don't know. Like I had already seen it. I was like, Oh, here it goes again. So I don't know if I, I also didn't see it, but I wasn't really like, Oh, am I going to see it? (laughs) I don't think any of us were like pausing. I really wasn't. No, I wasn't wasn't trying to find it. Although there were some fans on Twitter, apparently that said, so Saki after the show said the reason why he won was because, or one of the reasons was because Dino has a small dick. He put and, that on Twitter this morning. Yeah, and there were fans who said, who confirmed it, basically. Like, yep, yeah, we could say it. It was tiny. So there you go. That's where we're at with this. Um, but yeah, so Dino, he missed a moonsault, a naked moonsault. Um, he, he, what did he have him in where, where Matsui was trying to pull his pants back up desperately? Uh, oh, the fl- so Saki got the flying elbow and got the face lock on Dino. And that's where Matsui's like desperately pulling up his pants. And the crowd is going crazy for Matsui pulling up his pants. It led to like a loud Matsui call, which I thought was really funny. Um, and then Dino missed a moonsault on the second try. Oh, no, he hits the moonsault on the second try. But then he tried to go for the Don Shoku tornado, which is like, that was like a fucking, what What was that? I just don't even know. Was like a sky, was like a sky twister press or something? It didn't work. Yeah, whatever it was, it didn't work. And um, Sasaki tries again for the... He tries to run in for the Rana into the crossface again. Dino counters in the tombstone position and tries again into the uh, Mishinoku Danshoku driver, which, but he couldn't actually get it. Um, when Dino ends up the top rope, Sasaki kisses him to stop him, which is a great little moment there. And then he hits, like, a fucking top rope power driver that almost killed him. Like he dropped. Was it supposed right to be a pile driver? Or oh no! Sorry, top, you're right. You're right. Top was it a pedigree. was it a Pepsi plunge? It was a Pepsi plunge. Yeah, I I I misspoke and said pile driver. It was a top rope pedigree slash Pepsi plunge slash whatever you want to call it. But like he ended up it ended up turning into like a double underhook pile driver because he dropped him right on his fucking neck. I was like, oh my god. Um, but then that that only got two counts somehow. But then we got the Rana into the crossface, into the overall crossface, and Suzaki wins. Um, I really thought Saki was losing this, especially when they announced him the Dio, and Dino was not announced the Dio. But apparently that was a spoiler in like the opposite way I thought it was. Um, but yeah, I went four stars on this. I thought it was really good. I thought it had its own internal logic, and it really worked for it for it by the end. You know, other than the Obviously, the uh, you know maybe maybe you could take marks off for having to see Dino's dick and balls if you saw it, but you know thirty two minutes. Maybe people, some people were like, oh, 30 minute Dino match, but I didn't I didn't really think it dragged that badly. I don't know. Maybe you guys feel differently, but I thought I thought it built well and I thought it was good. Uh, what what do you think, Jesse? There was a lot of pain in this match for me. <laughs> I thought I was going to have a heart attack at one point. I was so nervous. I was very nervous too. I like say. every move, or I'm like, oh no. But I have to say, the minute Dino got naked, I was like, Sasaki's gonna win. Mm. Especially when none of it was working really. And I was like, oh, he's got it. And I think the biggest thing I have to say is I don't begrudge people if they don't like Dino and the stuff that he does. But at the same time, 
This is his first time main, main eventing Peter Pan. What did you think he was going to do? <laughs> I mean, if you weren't expecting him to go like full out Dino in this match, I guess you don't really watch a lot of DDT. I'm not trying to be crass or rude about it, but he did pretty much what I was expecting him to do. And that's something people like or they don't like. But I think in the end, the best thing was Sasaki won. And it was quite interesting because Sasaki said in his post-match comments that uh, he wanted to bring some stability back to the title after this summer, which is something that I brought up on this podcast. Yeah. And why I really thought it was important for him to win. Uh, Taylor, what did you think? I know your your casual right. fan friends did not did not enjoy this one. Yes, they did not. One of them walked out. Um, <laughs> so I'll start with the good. Did he, did he give you a reason? <laughs> thought it was. I mean, thought it was terrible for the reasons that most people would walk out. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so I'll start with the good. The good is Sasaki. So I like him. He's never been my favorite in DDT. Um, you know, when his matches are announced on cards, you know, I'm interested, but I'm not like, oh, I'm dying to see, you know, what he does. I thought he was excellent in this match. I thought he was really, really good. And really, I think with, <laughs> I think with any other, with a broomstick in the ring, I probably would have really liked this match. I, look, Taking out the issue of is it offensive, is it not offensive, I I don't really want to comment on that or talk about that because I don't want to be some kind of moral expert on you know what they should or shouldn't do. And obviously he's popular. Um, I just find Dino not to be funny. To me, the gimmick you're talking about a show that had so many funny things. I mean Mao and Takagi. Andre's a giant panda. I mean, you have all these things that are so funny up and down the card. And to me, he is the least funny part of DDT to me. It's such a one note gimmick to me. And I wasn't surprised that he got naked. Cause as I said, I've watched another show where he got naked, which was like a show in front of 150 people or something <laughs> like that. So I'm not surprised by any of what happened. And this is pretty much the match that I expected when it was announced, which is why I was hoping that Mako would win, because I was really excited to see for the possibility of Mako versus Sasaki. But to me, and my friend who stayed said the same thing, it was almost like a story of two matches, where the Sasaki part, when Sasaki was in control and he was doing things, I mean, that dive over the table to the outside of the ring on Dino looked crazy. And when he was in control, I was like, wow, this is great. I mean, the Pepsi plunge, obviously, I don't think turned out the way it was they wanted it to, but it looked crazy. And I'm like, wow, this is nuts. And he's doing all this great stuff and he's, you know, wrestling really well. And then it was like, oh, here's Dino doing the nightmare again. Okay. You know, oh, the joke is, you know, okay, I get it. So to me, Dino, to me, the joke. It's like a joke that doesn't land. If you go to a comedy movie and you don't find the comedy funny, you're not going to. It's going to be hard to enjoy the movie, even if everyone's acting well. So to me, that's that's where I landed. And the thing about Dino is he's not a bad wrestler. I've seen him have like great wrestling matches. I just think he's outgrown the gimmick. 
And it's going to be interesting to see what happens because they locked him up in that casket and DDT announced that he's not coming back for a while, apparently. So I wonder if they're going to change some things up with him. I think it would be good because I don't think he needs to do the stuff that he does anymore. I think he's outgrown it as a performer. And I think he's popular enough that he doesn't need any of that stuff anymore. Yeah, it feels a little bit, it reads to me a little bit as like, uh, like it's a, it's a, I don't know if this will make sense, but it's a sweaty gimmick where it seems like he's trying so hard to do, you know, oh, it's really out, you know, it's so out there. Oh, I'm naked on the show. It just seems he doesn't need, because he does show signs, I think, in other matches. Um, his title match at the end of last year, I think that was, or the beginning of this year, I thought was good where it shows that he has the wrestling skills. And so I agree. I hope that the, you know, when he comes back, maybe it's dialed back or it's something different or, or at least a new angle or, or something like that. Cause just to me having, you know, watch so much DDT. It just feels like, okay, here's another Dino match. He's going to do the nightmare. He's going to do the, you know, he's going to do this. He's going to take his, you know, shorts down and do this. And I'm just like, uh, it's not funny to me anymore. I've seen it all. And I've seen it so many times that, you know, I just kind of want to move on. Maybe this is like the peak of his run. And now like, just, yeah, I was going to say, you know, he finally made it into Peter Pan. Because it feels so, like he's been on a on a trajectory in the last like two years, where maybe this was the end and the peak. And he he barely came back from I think a pretty serious back injury. Yeah, he was hurt for a while, and then so. he came back. So, you know, I kind of do wonder if they're going to mix things up because he finally main evented Peter Pan as Dan Shaku Dino. So, are we going to see a different kind of Dino when he comes back? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I kind of thought they were going in that direction when he became the producer for a while. And they kind of were for a while where he just was like, you know, he was more... great in the producer role. Yeah. That's what I'm the thing. And he wasn't doing all of that stupid stuff that he usually does for yeah. the most part. But it like, was a great fit for him there. But then it turns out to be the master plan to win the title. Oh, but that was funny, though. I will say the master funny. plan thing was funny. It was funny. Um, but yeah, so overall, um, what do we think of this show? Thumbs up if you have six hours to spare. If you uh, have, check it out. It is very long. Very, very, very long. Um, let me say, I, I did take two polls of Twitter. I said, if you watched all six hours of DET Peter Pan, how would you rate the show as a whole? Um, good to very good won the poll 53%. Show of the year level was second with 34%. So 87% people thought it was either you know at least good and maybe even show of the year level. 11% said average, and only 2% said bad or worse. And that was with 74 votes. So people really did seem to enjoy this show. Um, what did you guys think? I would go. I would actually say show of the year level. It might be my show of the year right now. So my only, I thought it was very good. And actually, it's funny because it was six hours. It was a long show, but to me, it kind of flew by. I don't know. I can't contribute that to one specific thing. I don't know. It just seemed like it went very fast. Like all of a sudden, I was like, Oh, we're at the Erie a farewell match. And I was like, oh, we've only got three matches left. And, you know, they were a half an hour. But, you know, comparatively, I know last year, John, when we saw it, it felt to me sitting in the crowd, it, 
I enjoyed the show, but it felt like a long show to me. Yeah. Um, and to me, I would say very good. Probably not a show of the year just because uh, it doesn't have the one or two matches. Like, obviously, I like Shima and Takashida. Um, but it didn't have the one or two matches that to me are like, oh, these are great matches that at the end of the year, I will think these are great matches. And they were both on this show. Uh, you know, I think it had a bunch of very strong matches, but just missing maybe the one or two matches, I would say excellent to See, really I, put it over the edge for me. I think that's less because like if I was going to judge it by that, like there's, I don't know, I'd rather have a show that's fun the entire way through than a show that has two excellent matches and then like nothing else on it. Well, I'm not like saying, I'm not saying it has two excellent matches and nothing. I'm just saying it, it needs the, you know, when I go back, I think I would remember a show where, you know, things were, you know, three and a half and then all of a sudden four, four, and then like four and three fourths, as opposed to this, where it was kind of like three and a half, four, 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 you know, four and a fourth. Just to me, show of the year, I think back when I think of, oh, the wrestling matches I remember. Oh, and these, you know, this collection of matches, you know, there can be strong matches, funny matches, whatever. I just, in my own show of the year, thoughts need a match that to me sticks out and says, yes, this is the peak of this show. And it's, it's, you know, the top of the uh, the top of the top to me. So that's, you know, some people may look at it differently, but that's the way I guess I look at it. Yeah. By show the level, I don't necessarily mean you're going to vote for it for sure for number one, but that's in the conversation, at least for your top three, maybe. I don't know, Jesse, what would you pick of those options? I would say show of the year in the context of it being DDT's best show of the year. Mm. That's kind of how I viewed it. Like, do I think this is the best show that DDT's had this year? I do think it's the best show that DDT's had this year. Do I think it's like one of the best shows out of anywhere? No, because I do agree. I don't think it had that one singular match that people are going to be like, oh, you have to watch it, except maybe the Mao match. But that's not like the typical (laughs) kind of match that people will tell you is like a match of the year. Now I'm really curious. What's your show of the year? I'll be honest with you. I don't have one. I don't think anything's really stood out this year. I, I mean, I would have to go back. I've watched so much at this point where it blends together. And I'm sure looking through cards, I would go, oh, yeah, it's this like the uh, the Super the super Juniors final where they had the eight at Corican where they had the eight Super Juniors matches um, is there. But uh, it's just so many shows at this point. I'm sure if I look through my list of stuff, I could go, oh, yeah, this show, and get it quickly, but off the top of my head, I can't even really think of it. See, I'm very biased to the DT show format where, like, if if it's good at all. Because before my show of the year was Judgment, and now it's Peter Pan. So, <laughs> so I mean, it just I think this is, like, a very good format for me. I'm not sure it's saying it works for everybody, because I'm sure there's some people who are like, I can't sit through six hours of this. But, like, I love the variety show format. I love that everything feels different. I love that you get comedy and you get serious stuff all on the same show. And I love the, I do like sitting there. I don't want to do this every month, obviously, but I like sitting there, you know, for, um, 
for a little while, like you know, for one twice a year at least, and sitting through this, you know, having an entire Sunday afternoon or an entire Sunday day basically spent watching this show. I think that's a cool thing to do. But you know, I wouldn't want to do it every month. And I guess I kind of gave away then the bonus poll question. If you watched all of both shows, which do you prefer? Um, I you know, I, I would have voted for Peter Pan, obviously. And, you know, that only got 41 votes. So I guess a lot of people watched Peter Pan that didn't watch Judgment. But uh, 66% said Peter Pan and 34% said Judgment. So it sounds like we're all in agreement there. Yeah, I would probably agree. Although I think uh, to me, the Judgment main event would be the match of either sh- of either show, but I would agree that Peter Pan was the better show. Mm. Yeah, I would say the six-man title match from Judgment is the best match between the two shows. Yeah. That, I think that's one match that really sticks out in my mind this year, that six-man title match from Judgment. It was just so good, and I really wasn't expecting it either. It just kind of like was like, bam! And you're like, whoa, where'd this come from? But... I think they they hit more highs in terms of things they were trying to accomplish on Peter Pan than they did at Judgment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I went I went with uh, I mean I would go with Shima Takashita as the best match of either show, but again, I was very high on it. Uh, but yeah, so there's your Peter Pan report, everybody. Let's quickly look at some upcoming stuff. Um, the big thing, obviously, is this weekend DDT's. October 28th, Corican Maji Manji special card. Um, this looks like a really stacked show, which is, you know, they, they're just coming right out of the gate here from Peter Pan with a another really stacked lineup a week later. Um, it starts with a unit competition four-way tag. Toru Washi and Kazuki Hirata from Disaster Box. Yukio Sakaguchi and Masa Takanashi from Shuten Doji. Antonio Honda and Katsada Higuchi, I guess from the Compliance they're still there, even though they, they don't have Dino anymore. And Akito and Shuma Katsumata from All Out. Um, then we have a six-man tag. Shinshiro Takagi, Yumihito Imanari, and Michael Wolf against Makoto Oishi, uh, Super Sasango Machine, and Gorgeous Matsuno. That could be really funny, actually, with the six people that are in there. Um, then we have a six-man tag that's on the serious side. looks like It could be really good. Um, Keisuke Ishii, Mao, and Yuki Ino against Kota Umeda, Mizuki Watase, and Yuki Ueno. So again, that could be like a young, younger side here. People on the younger side could be a really fun six-man. Um, then we get to the real meat of the card here. So Shima said he wanted to win a title before he turns 41. He turns 41 in only a few weeks. So he, T-Hawk, and Duang Yan are going to challenge Soma Takao, Tetsu Endo, and Mad Polly for the KOD six-man tag team titles. Do you guys think we'll see a title change? I think if the guy from OWE wasn't in the match, we would. I kind of feel like him being there says to um, me that Damnation are going to win. But I do think they're going to get another chance at them. I don't think it's going to be over with this. Well, I'll just go on the opposite and say, I'm not sure, but I'll say they'll win the titles. Wow. I, I'm I'm pretty torn on it, but I could see either way. It's like a um, toss-up. Yeah. And Seema and Strongheart's winning the titles would free up the other guys for the tournament, and so it would be a little bit more intrigued about who's going to win. Yeah. 
Um, so then we move on to the Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship delayed entry Joshi Battle Royal. So basically a rumble. Um, we have Yuki Arai, Yuki Arai, who is a uh, she's a legitimate idol. What is from one of the AKB groups? Which one is it? SKE forty eight. Yeah, SKE forty eight. Um, so she, this title this title hasn't been around in a while, um, and you know. Obviously, it might come back here. But yeah, so the Joshi Battle Royal, so the other participants. Oh, and she's being trained by Makoto Oishi because, again, he was an idol, so he likes idols. But yeah, so she's here. Saki Akai, Maki Ito, the Return of Cherry. She's been gone for all two months, but she's here. Emi Sakura is here. Yuki Kamifuku and Muzuki. This could be really fun, actually. I'm pretty excited for this one. It's going to be a blast, I think. Yeah, I hope that the title comes back to T because it's been gone for a while. It has been gone for a while, yes. I'm trying to look up Arayuki because I'm curious how she like does in their general election stuff. Um, but yeah, so then we have Nobuhiro Shimatani versus L. Linda Man, the Battle of the Tiny Dipshits. The match that Twitter had been asking for. Like, ever <laughs> since Strongheart's had shown up, everyone's like, you have to put these two guys together. So they did it. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, this is going to be really good. I'm really, really excited. So I would Yuki, suggest everyone go watch the press conference. It's on YouTube. Because all the Strong Hearts guys couldn't stop laughing at Nobu. And then yeah. Indo couldn't stop laughing at Nobu. Nobody could stop laughing at him. Um, so I can tell you really quickly about Yuki Arai. She's in the in the uh the, the SKB or the AKB Senbatsu or Senbatsu elections, which is like the this is what the DDT general election is based off of, by the way, people. These idol elections they do every year. Um she's on she's on the way up because the eighth election she was eighty sixth, ninth election she was fifty eighth, and this year she was twenty eighth. So she's rising. Um and she is actually the third member of SKE forty eight. It's listed on her on her fucking profile on stage 48. She's the third member of SK DDT Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Champion. The other two being Kaori Matsumura and Suda. So there you go. It'll, Ida will be appearing on here in uh, in DDT. Um, but yeah, so back to the card here. Uh, the DDT Extreme title, Hiroshima against Shinya Aoki. I can't fucking wait for this. In a wrestling match. In a wrestling match. I don't know. I have no idea who's winning. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's Aoki. Why not? Just fucking do it. They've had wacky outsiders win this title before. They had Jun Kazai and stuff. I mean, I thought Hiroshima was going to win. And Aoki would just like go back to doing MMA stuff. But then they announced Aoki for the tournament. It's like, he might actually win. Yeah. I think either way is fine. Yep, it's pretty crazy. I'm so excited for that match. Oh, more excited for that for that than anything that was on Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, and a special tag match main event, another huge match: Naomichi Marafuti and Kanosuke Takashita versus Daisuke Sasaki and Suji Ishikawa. Um, I'm very excited for this too. It should be really good. Who do you think is going to take the pin, or will they have a pin? Is it going to go to a draw? It might go to a draw. If not, maybe Takashita pins Sasaki to set up a title match? I don't know. I might go with Shuji pinning Takashita. Yeah, that's possible too. And I would like to see maybe like Takashita being so preoccupied with Sima 
Yeah. And wanting to beat him and do all that, that maybe he just starts picking up losses, and yeah. he like, he won't rest until he beats his Osaka compatriot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this was uh this card looks really awesome. The only thing I'm upset about is that the show is not airing on Samurai because it's Maji Manji. I have to watch it on Universe, which I find vastly. If you are up, I think the show starts at around ten thirty or eleven o'clock CST Central Time, because that's where I'm from. Uh, on Sunday night. So wait a second, no, 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 it's eleven thirty Japan time. I think so. That'd be ten thirty. I, I think it's on early enough that everyone can watch the show without it being like yeah. three o'clock in the morning for the most part, unless you're like in the UK. Yeah. So, so you, can, you should be able to watch it. live. Yeah. So very exciting. That's this Sunday on DT Universe. And it uh, should be up fairly quickly. I don't think we're gonna be seeing anybody's jump. <laughs> That's true. Um also this before that this Saturday, Tokyo Joshi Pro has a Shinkiba show which features Azusi Azusa Taki, Takigawa's graduation memorial match, the former Azusa Christie, of course, and she will be saying goodbye to DT by taking on like fifteen people. So that's taking place this week. Um Let's see what else is coming up here. Uh, the All Doing Show is in Kiva, which is, you know, the, the indie show we talked about. There's only two matches announced. Uh, Tiger Mask 5 Self-Proclaimed versus someone called Pero Pero Master, which uh, Jamie of Dramatic DT did not have a lot of, help, a lot of uh, luck looking up this person. And then we also have Aaron Takagi, Monster Halloween, and Onikin. I see, Aaron Takagi Shinshiro, right? Or is that somebody else? Um, is it? I don't. I, know. Don't, I didn't think. Oh wait, no. Eric is Eric Takagi the girl? They announced one match with uh Hyper Masao. Yeah, maybe they just announced that. But Eric Takagi, Monster Halloween, and Anakin versus Men's Teo, who's the uh, the executive chairman of the All Doing Committee, Hiroshima and Shota. So there you go. That's yeah. The up. the girl, she's from the same promotion as Rising Hayato. If you've watched DNA, you've probably seen him before. Yeah. And they're from the same promotion, and she's facing uh, Hyper Masao in a singles match. But I, I don't remember her name. Sorry. Uh, there's some Bizarre shows coming up on... Oh, that's December 8th. Wow, that's pretty far away already. I know there's a Gambare show coming up pretty soon that, like, I remember seeing the main event for. It's, like, part of this Ishii thing being there in Iwasaki. But, let's see. Oh, okay, there it is. It's October... That's this week, actually. October 26th. It's, like, two days from now. Um... And that has a main event of Ken Oka and Yumihito Imanari against Keisuke Ishii and Koki Iwasaki. So that one I definitely want to check out. At least I'm going to see the main event. So The Gambari shows are pretty short if anyone wants to check them out. They're not like... Yeah. Yeah. They're shorter than anything else that you'll watch on Universe for the most part. Yeah, so that's only in a couple days from now. Um, but yeah, so there you go, folks. There's your look ahead at DDT. Some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, and then let's get into obviously. What, what do you know when the, the leak kicks off? Like November thirtieth or something? I think, right? Yes. So I assume we'll get the blocks sometime soon-ish. I think they're announcing them at the Oregon show Sunday. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So with that said, the only thing we have left to do then is get into the questions. So let's see here. We did get a bunch of questions. Uh, we'll start out with um, at. Nerd X Life. How viable is an American expansion for DDT? I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, um, 
I think if they want to come here and run a show once a year, maybe even just at Mania Weekend every year, they could probably pull it off. I would not advise doing a full-on like American expansion like New Japan's trying. Well, I mean, this is that was going to say this. I mean, how viable is New Japan's? It's I know it's the last Long Beach show didn't it do like really terrible. It wasn't in Long Beach. Yeah, it did like three thousand. Yeah, I mean, that's is- not terrible, but yeah. considering what New Japan want, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, I just, what would be the, I don't know, I guess, what what's the end goal? It seems like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if your end goal is to get more people to watch Universe, I don't think you need to do an American expansion. I think coming over for a couple of shows, or at least one show a year, be it Mania Weekend or maybe during SummerSlam or something, I think that's better than actually trying to run shows here. I think that's a, I think that's a bad idea for any company in Japan, quite frankly. It's just logis- the logistics of it, the uh, language difference, monetarily. I just think it's a bad idea. That's yeah, DT, the one thing the uh, the uh, flagship said last week when they talked about DDT that I can definitely agree with is they said, when they said DDT is very Japanese, that is definitely true. <laughs> it's very, I mean, that's why I love it, honestly, and it's one of the reasons why I love it. So I'm not going to be out here saying... Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, it's I just... funny because it's very Japanese, but at the same time, as much as we do the New Japan WWE jokes, there's no more comp- there's no company that's more like WWE than DDT is. Well, yeah, I mean, they're WWE parody in a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, it's still a very Japanese thing, though. And I don't know. I don't. I don't want them to like. If you look at what's happened in New Japan, you know, all the fucking the watering down and the westernization of the product this year. Like, I don't want that in DDT. Fuck that. Like, just no. so I can see them a few times a year, forget it. I, I just wonder, it. like, if they did it and they came here and it worked, what 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 is the peak of the expansion that they get? I, I just think the the additional fan base in the United States is limited because I think the people who are would probably be into DDT. The majority of them are probably already into it or have checked it out and have been like, no, not for me. So I don't know that it's a thing where they're going to come here and it's going to be like new Japan where they say, ha, here we are. And we're running a 5,000 seat venue. Like they're coming here and they're probably running like they are mania weekend places that are a couple hundred seat venues. And then what is really the benefit beyond saving the money of traveling and somehow trying to convince these people to subscribe to universe, which I think is probably the better idea anyway, because then you're getting people's money without really have to spend any additional capital beyond maybe saying, Hey, we're translating videos into English. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the thing with new, like new Japan, they can look at it and see, you know, even though I don't really like the way it's, it's going, I understand why they look at everything in Japan and be like, well, we've grown as far as we can grow probably in this market in, in Japan right now with, you know, without like real like network TV or anything like this is probably it as far as we can get in, in Japan. So maybe we should look at America and try to expand that way and expand internationally. I get their mindset. DDT still has a lot of room to grow in Japan. I mean, they want to run the dome. You know, they've been talking about that maybe in 2020. They're on a Bima now, and they have this a new, more mainstream audience. They want to, you know, they're doing a free show next year. They're, like, they're doing all this wacky stuff. I just feel like DDT has a lot more, you know, 
there's a lot more space for DDT to grow into in Japan. I don't really think they have any good reason to be looking overseas like New Japan is. Yeah, I think they like having fans outside of Japan and they find it intriguing and interesting. But I don't think it's something that they're necessarily... I wouldn't say they're not looking really hard at it. I think they are looking hard at it. But I don't think it's something that if they decide not to do, it's like such a huge disappointment for the company. Whereas I think if if New Japan were to decide to pull out of the States, it would look horrible on them at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at Travis Zick says, should I go to DET while in Japan for Wrestle Kingdom? Yes, you should. It's awesome. I mean, I would advocate when you're in Japan and the the main purpose of your trip is for wrestling. I mean, I say go to as much wrestling as you can. Yes, I mean, I that's mean, what I do. So how many how many shows did you go like, to? <laughs> I think I, I you went to even you went to even more than I did. Actually. I think I went to thirteen in 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 fourteen days or something like. I think that. I okay, well, not that many. I went to like a, I think I went to twelve. So what the hell? Maybe the extra show. Did I go to anything you didn't go to? I don't even know. It's a good question. Well, I'll work this out later. We went to a lot of shows. You must have gotten to more than thirteen. You, you went to the went, you went to the Noah and the DDT beer garden show. Oh yeah, before you got there. Okay. Yep. But yeah, because you went to a couple things I didn't go to. So. But yeah, and I say even if you don't, if you go to Japan and you don't know the promotions, I mean, seeing wrestling live is exciting. So even if you know no one, you're gonna come away saying, I mean, I went to a heat up show in when I was in Japan and I had seen like maybe four matches from heat up. And I had a great time. It was a fun show. So, I mean, the harm in going is you're going to be out maybe 40 bucks that you spent on a show that maybe you don't love, but you're on vacation. And part of being on vacation is you may spend money on things that you don't love, but, you know. Yeah. Um, At DMP Smith (laughs) says, how did Jesse manage not to see Dino's dick and balls? I'm telling you, I, I felt myself about to pass out during that match. <laughs> you already did kind of answer this, actually, yes. I was um, so nervous. I was, yeah. like, beating my pillow up. I'm like, don't tap out. Oh, my God. Don't Check out. Oh. I was losing my mind. So the answer is you were too distracted. Yes. Uh, and- now, I would say if, if Sasaki's had been out, I probably would have, like, went back and, you know, or tried to find it, maybe. Yeah. Although he has a nice butt, so I'm pretty good with that. <laughs> I've seen that already. At Blueberry Cave, should Goto go to All Japan? Not sure what that has to do with DDT, buddy, but sure. Um, I mean, should he? No, I assume he likes money. Um, do I Do I want, would I love it if he did? Yeah. I mean, those matches would be incredible, but like, should he, should Hiroki Goto, for his own health and well-being, go, like, take a giant pay cut just because I would enjoy his matches more. No, he shouldn't do that, actually. So, like, I don't know. I feel like these people, there's like a lot of people in WWE I want to see leave too. But, like, if you're asking me, like, should they do it? I'm like, well, they probably like money. So, no, they probably shouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> thoughts uh, on that? Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> it's like, I'm so not in that, you know, we've been talking about DDT now for two hours, so I'm yeah. totally not in that mindset of, you know. I mean, look, it'd be awesome. And run oh. his family's energy company because he's rich okay. already. He has, like, an elevator in his house. Oh, that's a good point. I totally forgot he's rich. You know what? Then, yes, he should leave. 
doesn't need the money. He, he should retire, and Koto Ibushi should retire, and they should make like a big giant trust fund baby thing. <laughs> make like a money mark promotion out of it. If I won the Mega Millions, baby, I was making the the most ridiculous wrestling promotion. It's the the sickest shit. I think we could all confirm we didn't win the Mega Millions. Yeah, it was some guy in <laughs> South Carolina. So confirmed. Good to him. Good for him. Um, A-A-E-O, A-A-E-O underscore. What's the deal with KSK Ishii leaving? I just don't think there's anything for him to do in DDT. I mean, what is he going to do? He hasn't been doing much to begin with. I mean, it's the same thing as Iwazaki. They're just trying to, they're trying to give that brand some juice, I guess. And like, and then by them leaving, they can go out and work other stuff besides DDT. I mean, we've seen Iwasaki's been showing up in Noah. Yeah, he because won a title in Real Japan. Because like the, the obviously the Gambari schedule is like once a month, so yeah, they obviously have a lot more time to do other promotions. And Ishii had good stuff in all Japan, so hopefully he does show up back there. He yeah, has like a crazy memory for all Japan stuff too. Yeah, that was um, like always one of the tidbits they had on Manji Manji. It was like Ishii, did you know da happened in all Japan in this year? <laughs> Um, Kevin at Durki Noy, we, we shouted out earlier, and we forgot to mention this, so we might as well. I'm, I'm gonna put it as the opening. If you could sing any karaoke song with Shuji, what would you sing? Um, so obviously, Shuji Shikawa at the end of the show, um, you know, we were so excited about Dino's penis, apparently, we forgot to mention this. Like, shows up on the just do singing the friggin' uh, Into the Light DDT end credit song, and like, has like the like there's like a big thing with his fingers and like has the the pyro explode and yeah that was like so great i rewound that like four times just the sound of him starting to sing and the look on daisuke Sasaki's face like a mix of confusion and like disgust i don't know <laughs> i don't think he did <laughs> i mean when they did when they went post-match Sasaki like complained about it he was like who the hell did that <laughs> <laughs> and then it totally ruined everything and then there was like it must have been shimitani <laughs> so um well, and shimitani stayed in the ring and the last <laughs> shot was him sitting on the cast ring as the video was playing yeah uh and then did you guys see the alternate version on, on twitter yes but now they're like don't worry we're, we're gonna we have to show that this is real so we did record an alternate version of the end credits in case uh, Dino won, and it's Muscle Sakai singing with the Imanari. <laughs> and someone replied to it just like too cruel. <laughs> it was like, oh, that was so great. I love DDT. But yeah, so if I could sing any karaoke song with Shuji, I don't, I really want to sing like Bad Communication with him. Kenoka's theme song. That'd be so much fun, I think. I want to hear him try to sing Take On Me. <laughs> <laughs> and I would pick... Oh, I would pick uh, More Than Words by Extreme. <laughs> okay. Um, so Epitasis, uh, you know, that's Nate, our boy. Gorgeous Matsuno. Why? I guess he's looking Why not? <laughs> because it's Takashita. When are people going to wise up? It's Takashita's future. No, he is. I think they're the same person. Yeah. But, I mean, it's crazy how they look alike to me. It is. They look really alike. Um, at Chono's underscore jacket, what, which, which ice cream flavor would you eat if you got the ice cream at Shuji? I don't know, Shuji, I bet you he likes the green tea ice cream, which I like too, so I would enjoy that. No, I probably would... just vanilla. I'm white, so. I love, I love the green tea ice cream, it's so good. 
Yeah, I would pick Vanilla too, but only because then I could focus on talking with him. I feel like if you had a like a really flavorful ice cream, you would get to you'd be like, "Oh, the ice cream's really good." But if you eat vanilla, you're eating ice cream, but you don't really have to focus on the flavor of it, so you could really focus on Suji. Um, let's see, oysters earring. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 